0: live on the facebook
1: what up ladies and gentlemen happy tuesday so you have a business and uh-huh. you want to take it to the next level uh-huh. how do you do that how Let's find out
2: shut up, shut up and sit down the business bros podcast was created for you Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Cruise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, well,
2: well, James,
0: <laughs> drop us an intro. Should we just take it away? Boy, oh, boy, here we go. If you wanna grow your company, you are definitely going to wanna tune in today. Before landing with his current company, our guest today managed growth at early stage startups at one company that IPO'd, that's Roku, two companies that were acquired, one by Equifax, the other by Apple, and now he's looking to help the world's largest avatar-based social network take off like a SpaceX rocket. Not only has our guest helped multiple companies grow exponentially, exponentially, he is also a best-selling author of Lean AI, a book that teaches startups how to scale faster with a lean team and judicious use of artificial intelligence. So tune in today as we learn from the master how to run tens of thousands of simu- uh, simultaneous marketing experience experiments man, I'm all glitchy today across all of your digital channels. <laughs> Give a big Business Bros Pod welcome to a man who has led multiple teams in driving user acquisition, retention, and monetization and helped several companies achieve huge success. Head of the growth team at IMVU Welcome to the show, Lomit Patel. Hey
3: guys, how you doing, Mister Patel? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great, man. I love that intro. We should do that again. (laughs) All right, hang on, boy. Oh,
0: boy! If you, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) isn't. We'll, we'll hear it again on the replay.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, Loman. Uh, thank you for coming on the program. Uh, we really enjoy you taking the time out of your daily schedule, and I'm excited to hear about your story. So, how about you just give me a starting point? And we'll go from there.
3: Sure. Yeah. So, so my story uh, is that I have worked at a number of different startups. You know, primarily for the past 20 years. You know, what's attracted me to startups has really been, you know. Uh, the opportunity to kind of work on a business that I, or a product that I believe in, but also having the opportunity to, to come in early enough where I can sort of, you know, try a lot of things to really help the company figure out, you know, what's the best way that they can grow in the area of acquiring new customers and figuring out the right business model to try and make money. And so, you know, for me, it's been fascinating. I've done it as you mentioned at a couple of different startups and and the great thing is you know it's like one of those things when you do it once and, and it goes well you know you want to always get back on the bicycle and do it again right so it's, it's kind of like a drug
1: tell me uh, tell me something about help me define startup there's so many different uh, areas that what you would call a startup and what you would define as somebody who comes in and helps it grow. How do you define a startup in which, you know, what, what does a startup look like where you, where we can get somebody like you to come in and help take it to the next level?
3: That's a really good question. And so, you know, my definition of a startup is really a tech company primarily because it's, it's a company that generally gets um, invested by venture capitalists. And um, generally venture capitalists in, invest into a company which you know, has has high degree of risk, but also a high degree of reward too, if things work out, which is why, you know, most startups have a failure rate of 95%, because for the most part, most startups don't end up succeeding, but the ones that end up do becoming successful, end up making enough money to try and recoup back a lot of the losses that most uh, venture capitalists make. So all these companies that people have heard of, like Netflix, uh, Airbnb, Facebook, Uber, Lyft, all of these companies at one stage started up as being a startup, and and ultimately, you know, you know, going from that from that journey of trying to trying to raise some money and and really figure out, you know, what's the product that they wanted to bring into the marketplace, and then what are the right customers to to help them to to become successful, and 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 you know, just going through you know all these different pivotal moments that ultimately, you know, you know, a lot of people have you know, end up sort of seeing these companies being super successful, but all of them had the same humble beginnings of of being a company that really had a high degree of of risk and and very little opportunity of really figuring out how to be successful. And it was just going through a number of different pivots along the way to, to get there.
0: A lot of potential for aggressive expansion.
1: That's exactly it, right? Aggressive expansion. When, yeah. when a company is ready to, to that, to, to go to that next level to, um, to reap the rewards of the risk that they're about to take, um, what kind of things are you looking for in that, in that kind of business as far as like systems? Are you looking for a particular revenue, uh, base? Are you looking for, uh, a management, uh, strategy in, in place? What do you guys look for to, you know, come in and say, this is, this is a, a risk that we're willing to take?
3: yeah so generally you know uh you know uh, even though the idea is important you know uh, and and you know but most t- most of the times what uh, venture capitalists invest in is is, is actually the team that's going to sort of take the idea and and figure out how to execute it to make it sort of live up to the potential that that the founder has for, for that particular business so for me you know you know I, you know I generally join com- companies really early so generally right around the stage of w- when, when a VC is making the initial investment into them and my role coming in the first part of my role is really to sort of take the concept of the idea that a company has come up with and 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 try to figure out if there's even a product market fit and what that means in simplistic uh, in a simplistic way is that is is there even a customer who's willing to pay any money for this product that that the companies or, or the service the company is developing and so you want to try to you know uh, you know tr- try to get the product to where you can actually put it out in front of real potential customers and sort of see if they even are going to you know um, find it valuable to solve a specific problem that um that, that they're willing to pay for. And, and, and once you sort of get product market fit, then, then it's a matter of, you know, uh, how can you take something, as you said, and, and, and grow it as quickly as possible before somebody else ends up coming along and, and, and copies that idea, so to speak. So, so that's, that, that, that's, when, that's when you're off to the races.
1: Well, let's parallel the hypothetical with one that you that you went through that everybody knows the name of. It's yeah. sitting on every freaking smart TV. I have one plugged into to my living room TV. Uh, let's parallel that that whole venture with Roku itself. Tell me um, about about what it was like when you first came into the company uh, and maybe like some some changes or modifications or strategies that you guys put in place to help take it to to the level that it's at today
3: yeah so so with roku you know uh you know I joined them um and I, and I think I was probably employee number uh like 28 or it was it was less than 30 people but I was actually the first marketing person um that they had hired that they had hired and my role coming in was really exciting because at the time they already had the product um which is a Roku streaming player and 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 my role was to really figure out how we're we going to take this product and 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 figure out a way to sort of create a direct to consumer channel which is you know can we sell this product directly to the end user without going through like retail which is how most products or consumer electronics were being sold at the time back in 2008 and so you know the benefit of selling things directly which is how a lot of companies do it now, but it wasn't the way they did it back then. Is that you know you 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 had to really sort of figure out uh, you know w- what are the right channels that you can sort of start advertising and spending money on? Who are the right types of customers that you want to try to attract? And 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 it kind of goes back to just running a lot of different experiments across all these different channels, try trying to figure out what's the right uh, website experience that you want to bring people into because the big challenge with anything new is is part of its education it's trying to educate people in a whole new concept of of streaming um, entertainment which most people weren't doing at the time so part, part of the challenge was 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 um, trying to educate users but the other part of the challenge was to try and find content that people would find useful to try and you know buy the product and so believe it or not uh, you know our first partner which was our greatest partner and still uh, you know even to today a lot of people have heard of is called Netflix so Netflix was the first partner that Roku had and 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 it was kind of a perfect uh, partnership because because R- Netflix was actually launching their streaming service at the time and Roku was, you know, the 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 best streaming player available at the time for people to stream Netflix. So, you know, a lot of the things that we did early on was just really working with Netflix to really figure out how could we, uh, get, you know, um, uh, work with Netflix to try and create awareness for Roku to their users. And I don't know if you guys even remember Netflix, but you know, Netflix started off as a DVD mailer company. Mm-hmm you know, and most people probably don't remember, but Roku was actually buying those ads. or I, you know, I was placing those ads in those DVD mailers back in the day when nobody else was placing ads in those mailers. And that was a really good way for us to create awareness and and, and drive a lot of users from Netflix to come over to Roku and, and, and buy the product. The other thing that we did was you know through netflix on their website you know you know we were able to get some specific placements where you know netflix was able to promote roku so that that was another way we were able to create awareness outside of netflix you know we ended up taking that same sort of playbook model of working with different partners and so imagine who our second partner was amazon which again is huge now amazon Prime Video, but at the time they were just starting out too. So you know, we went from working with partners like Netflix and Amazon to like NBA um, and a whole bunch. We got over like now I think Roku has probably over five thousand partners. When I was there, you know, we had over at least like two thousand different partners. So uh, so a big part of of growth was around strategic partnerships of, of finding these different partners and then doing co marketing. Um, um, campaigns with them where, you know, we could kind of, you know, work with them to try and create awareness and, and drive their users to try and buy the product. That was one one way. The other way was just doing a lot of digital marketing through partners like Google and, and Facebook and social media, where we're able to go and buy a lot of um, ads and, and, and find the right users to continue to drive a lot of new users and so you know the big challenge in any company is really trying to get to certain milestones it's like you know trying to get to like 100,000 paying users then trying to get to like half a million paying users then trying to get to a million and 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 the same thing goes with like hitting like your first million in revenue your 10 million 50 million 100 million and and, and you know we ended up going hitting all of those all of those different milestones primarily just by you know expanding the number of different partners that we were working with and just getting better and smarter around, you know, all of the d- different digital marketing that we did. And one other thing that we did that really helped us at Roku and is that the product is was really f- phenomenal and it still is today. And that's really important because if you have a really great product, then you can then you can leverage um, tapping into your current customers to really become your biggest evangelists. So we ended up, you know, doing a lot around word of mouth marketing to really encourage our existing customers to not only buy more than one device, but also to to help us spread the word and, and become our biggest evangelists. So a big part of I would say at the time when I was there, over forty of percent of, of, of our new customers really just were coming from just existing customers that 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 were telling other people about it. So you know that was a huge driver for us as well how did,
1: how did you guys break down your ideal customer because you know in my eyes when i think of roku i think well who doesn't have a roku right who doesn't you know everybody who who yeah. in in my mind has a television um should be a you know have a roku in their hand or in their in their as uh, in their possession they should have bought one or or built in whatever it is when you're first starting out and you're trying to figure out who your ideal customer is, where you're going to spend your marketing dollars cuz now it's it's easier to say, you know, I you know, we paid ads here, we paid ads there. But when you're first starting out, you have a limited budget that you're looking to work with, and so there's only so much money you want to make sure that you spend your money the best possible way to acquire the customer that you're looking for. How do you narrow down our customers everyone with a TV to, you know, specifically where you want to spend your dollars?
3: that is a really good question and so the way we uh, approached that back at Roku was that that we started uh, targeting users that were customers of or fans of of the content that we were bringing onto the platform so as an example you know Netflix you know uh, obviously you know you know a lot of people that had Netflix had had the streaming service for free so it would you know what, what they really needed was a way to try and stream that onto their big television right into the big TV So instead of us trying to target users that everybody that had TVs it didn't make a lot of sense for us early on. What made sense for us was to target the people that were that were that were specifically uh, uh, members of different streaming and different streaming services where that content was available on on roku so you know we started targeting not only a lot of netflix customers through working directly with netflix but also for example on 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 google search we used to do a lot of content and and keyword buys around people searching for netflix and that was another way we were trying to attract netflix customers to to come and try out um roku the same thing happened with with, when we started working with amazon and and 2000 or so other partners, we started focusing more on, on people that really liked that content and had access to streaming it and and, and trying to sort of, you know, provide, um, you know, educate them about how they could stream that content. Because before, most people were streaming it to their laptop. And there's a, a huge difference experience from, from streaming something on your laptop to streaming it on the big screen and that was kind of the the story that we were trying to tell people of a better way to stream their content and 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 then the other thing that we really focused on at at, at roku was this it was free uh free tenants basically It it was value simplicity and content so with value you know, uh, we wanted to make sure that we had the lowest price product in the marketplace because by keeping the price low, and 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 we were like one of the first that ever had a streaming product for under ninety nine dollars, it opened up a whole no, whole a whole new market of people that would potentially be able to buy the product because the barrier was was a lot lower to try and buy it. So the so the price was really important. Uh, Simplicity, if if anybody who's used Roku knows that it's really easy to use that product, because we wanted to make sure that it wasn't too technical, so anyone that brought the product would be able to use it pretty quickly right out of the box, and it wouldn't require a lot of um, um, technical support to get started. And then content, ultimately, you know, the reason why people buy Roku, it isn't because, you know, they want to look at a box. It's because of what the box enables them to do, which is get access to all of this great content that they can stream onto the big TV.
1: And and it, it is definitely a great product with simple use features. But let me ask you about the color scheme. Or are you going to cut me off, James?
0: I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> Before can we, we jump into the, the color scheme.
3: scheme.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause yeah. you know, we gotta we gotta have our our uh, insurance tip of the day, right? Gotta pay the bills. Gotta pay the bills. So here we go. Ham's insurance tip of the day is scheduled personal property, also known as a personal article floater. So, ladies, I know that you're Husbands spent a ton of money on your wedding ring, right? They didn't spend anything less than, what is it? Three months of uh, their annual salary, something like that. Yeah, whatever. Whatever that might be. Sure. So here's the thing that you may or may not know, but I'm going to teach you today. Uh, Your homeowner's insurance policy has what's called a special limit of liability for jewelry of... $1,500. That's it. That's the most that they're going to pay out unless you have endorsed a scheduled personal property or personal article floater. If you do this, you're going to have to get your ring appraised, and they're going to give you a value, and that's how much you can insure it for, but it can be $15,000, $20,000, $30,000, whatever the case might be. If you don't have the scheduled personal property... Or personal article floater and you lose your ring it gets damaged it gets lost it gets stolen anything like that how much are they going to pay you 1500 1500 that's it 1500 bucks so uh get yourself a scheduled personal property or personal article floater talk to your insurance agent make sure that your jewelry and other items not just jewelry but stuff like cameras uh firearms collectibles, et cetera, and so on. Make sure that that stuff is added on your policy and properly protected. That's your hands Insurance Tip of the Day. Follow me on Twitter at InsuranceBroHam. <laughs> Back to it. You know, speaking
1: of what's uh, stuff that you can insure, I mean, those TVs can get pretty expensive, too. And they sure talent, can. They sure can. So make sure you you schedule out all the stuff that has large values. Um, I was going to ask you before before the uh, break there yeah. about the color scheme. I noticed like when I go to look at different players, different media players, and I remember looking at the at the Roku. It was the only one, also not only because of the price point, but the color stood out. It was purple. Everything else was your traditional sleek black you know, try to get as thin as possible, try to, you know, there was, it was all kinds of different stuff. Even Amazon's fire stick uh, was still black. Yours stood out. Was that by design something that you guys thought of ahead of time?
3: Yes. Um, uh, definitely, you know, uh, uh, you, you, you know, there's there's a couple of things that you always want to think about, right. Um, and, and, and the color for us, you know, right from the start, you know, we ended up going with purple, because we wanted to have something, uh, as you mentioned, you know, something that would would stand out and 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 be more memorable. Based on all of the other sort of color schemes most people were using, we didn't want to sort of kind of be the same. And the other thing we were thinking about, even from an early stage, even before you know we ended up going into retail and became huge in retail, was you know what is the packaging going to look like? What's the right color scheme? Like you know you know when we do finally go into retail. Where if somebody walks past, you know, and, and they're kind of looking for all these different like streaming products where this thing will catch their eye. And it's great to sort of hear your story because that, that you know, we were sort of planning about planning for, you know, that whole, you know, uh, capturing somebody's attention right from the start. So it was it was definitely by design. Let's uh,
1: let's let's dig a little bit into the. Uh once you realize that you had a product, right? So you you've partnered up with a couple of people. Now Netflix, early on, you it's in the DVD route. It's still kind of competing with Blockbuster. For those of you who are not old enough to remember Blockbuster, it was where you used to go to rent our movies prior to uh, streaming. So it was competing with Blockbuster. Blockbuster was trying to come out with its own, uh, you know, DVD program, and then it starts competing with Redbox, which is another DVD platform that you can go and rent. They're just you know out on their own. Um and yet you knew streaming was going to be that next uh, platform that was coming. Um, how does a how does somebody come to a, a you know a venture capitalist? How do you how do you take a concept and idea like that that hasn't been proven, right? No, there there is no exact market yet. You have to actually educate your client or your your customer base to say, "Look, this is the way we're going. This is the new age." How do you how do you take that concept and idea pitch it. And then once it's, once you realize that it's catching flame and it's going, how do you not hold back or what do you hold back on? Do you like pour gas on this thing and let it go? <laughs> you know, how does, how do you maintain control of, of this, this brush fire that you start?
3: Yeah. So, you know, you know, like anything, it, you know, uh, you know, it, you know, you, if you first need to create a few sparks, right. To start a fire. And, and so, you know, Sparks being, you know, I mean, there's a lot of great ideas out there that people have of products, but ultimately, you know, the true, the, the true predictor of if somebody really values that product and if it solves a real problem is if somebody's willing to actually pay any money for it. So when we initially started at Roku, you know, uh, you know, we had just one product, um, which was the original streaming player at ninety nine dollars, and you know, you know, we, you know. we we had some 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 good early traction and and success with that product and then the next thing we started thinking about was you know that that you know there's 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 people at different price points and so one of the ways that 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 we wanted to grow fast was to try and come up with a good better best strategy around the product so 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 good, better, best being like three different price points, because generally what we found was if you if you give somebody a choice, you know, and and, and you have a low a lower price product. So at the time, you know, we, we had a product for like seventy nine and we had one for like eighty nine and one for ninety nine. The, the, and this is actually true today as well. The product in the middle isn't something that most people are going to pick, but the product in the middle at 89 is going to force people to either go with a $99 price product or it's going to force people to go with a lower price product, which is a 79 at a time. And and, and so the con- the idea there was, you know, um, you know, every year we continue to come up with new new products, started to come up with different price points because we were trying to like, you know, expand the reach of the types of customers that we could, that we could sort of bring into our um, into our um, ecosystem, because ultimately what Roku ended up doing is that we built this huge community of of users. Because once you buy a Roku player, you know you know you know uh, you know a lot of people like to entertain, and so you know when you start inviting people over and they start seeing you know you're using Roku, the you know the word of mouth starts to spread so you know what we wanted to do was to try and make it easy for our existing customers to buy more devices and to try and encourage other people to to buy it as well and and to answer your point you know you know you know with any product you know if if, you know if you know you know if, if if you've got a good strong word of mouth going you know that that's something that v- venture capitalists really like. to call virality, right? Because because they know that if you got strong word of mouth, you got strong product reviews, then 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 that's clearly a an indicator that that the marketplace really values the product and and people are willing to talk about it positively. The other thing that I didn't really touch on too much earlier is that we also had a lot of great uh, PR. Um, coverage on the product, and 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 we were able to get, you know, I mean, it was by design that we we were able to to continue to reach out to you know different publications, different bloggers, and 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 and, and tech sites where they continued to write about Roku and 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 the cutting edge product that it was. And, and and so that provided us a lot of free publicity, which, again, sort of helped fuel a lot of growth and validated the product idea uh, to get more investors to put money into the into the business. What
1: was it like riding the wave of Netflix and Amazons and the Hulus of the world? Once it caught wind, once people understood that streaming is the way to go, I don't have to wait for a DVD anymore. I can get on demand, whatever I want, whenever I want type of TV access, no need for commercials anymore. I can cut out all those people. Now I just want what's on my Roku, what's on my stream, right? That had to open up the door for you guys for not only, you know, the sales of the individual products, but the ability to have, you know, licensing and, and commercial and product placement and all kinds of different stuff that, that, Roku is now in a position to take advantage of. What was it like riding that wave?
3: It was amazing. You know, it's like, uh, uh, you, know, you know, there's a saying here in in Silicon Valley with startups, like there's certain startups that are like rocket ships. And, and if you're lucky enough to get an opportunity to get a ticket to, to get on board on one of those, then you should definitely take it and, and hold on, you know, for as long as you can. And so, you know, it, you know, I and it was the same thing at Roku, because because clearly, you know, you know, us, you know, we, we and there's another word is called hockey stick, and we we literally were riding a huge hockey stick in terms of the number of new paying customers we were getting, the revenue we were getting, and 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 as part of growth, it isn't just you know growing the product and 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 everything else. I mean, there's a lot of new people. We had to do a lot of hiring, so you know we started hiring hundreds of people. So you know it, it, it's like you know every week you see new faces coming in, and and uh, you know you got lots of new partners before. You know, we you know, you know, we were like um, trying to get partners to come into Roku, and, and and then it sort of turned where people wanted to be on the platform, and, and 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 it was really for us to sort of figure out how to negotiate those terms that were more favorable for us. So, but I would say, you know, it's uh, you know, it's uh, it, it it's an amazing experience. You know, like and 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 and. In, but but the other thing that i would add to that is you know uh, not only when a company's growing but but press you know y- you know you as a person if, if you're part of that company you have to continue to work on on, on developing yourself too so that you know whatever you came in and in, in, in whatever job you are doing when you started at the company is is going to continue to shift and change as, as a company grows and so you, you want to continue to build your skill set and and continue to provide value to the company so that you can continue to be relevant for for where the company is at different phases of its growth as well and so that's one thing that people don't probably talk about a lot which is you know you know as companies grow you know people's responsibilities and change as well and you know you know and 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 for some people, change may not be great, but you know the, the people that generally do well in startups are the ones that have the mindset of being flexible and adaptable to 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 be able to uh, continue to provide value at different stages of of the growth business.
1: What kind of doors have opened up for you now that you've been at Roku? You, I mean, you got to experience that hockey stick type company launch uh, as part of the company. Um, and and now the company's you know it's a household name. It's not you know something that's far fetched. The the world knows that this is something that we use on a daily basis. Um, you've developed new skills. You've met new people. You've you it's opened tremendous doors. What do you, what would you say um, are the best doors that you've been able to walk through with uh, having that experience?
3: So I would say you know that there's definitely a lot of doors that open up you know once you sort of part of a company that has been really successful the you know the best part about it is you know just it's like you know now for the most part you know since i left roku you know i was able to go and work at a, a number of other interesting companies but a lot of those doors wouldn't have opened up if i you know wasn't successful at what i did at roku but but at the same time you know it also gave me the opportunity to uh, you know um, to to, to have other companies kind of come come to me and 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 provide opportunities that that has helped me to continue to kind of grow and build my myself and my career as well. And you know, an example of that, and this is just a quick example, uh, you know, just 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 to kind of let you know how how things kind of work. Um, so, so Roku, you know, the initial um, um, venture capitalist investor that that we had, you know, when I joined. Obviously, you know, I kept in touch with him and you know, the company I'm working at right now, you know, you know, the door really opened here because, you know, he he, he wanted me to come and join, you know, this this company, Envy, where I'm working at right now, which is another company that that um, that Memo Ventures has invested into. And, you know, they wanted me to come here and and, and do sort of the same sort of growth um, success that that we had, you know, back at Roku so you know doors definitely open up from that
1: well yeah you had some magic in what you did with roku and they wanted you to sprinkle some of that magic in these new companies you're working in i can i can totally understand why that venture capitalist would say you know this team that was successful i want to bring them on to my new project that just totally makes sense
3: right (laughs) it's it's, it's kind of just like sports franchises right it's you know it's you know it's about you know uh, getting the right mix of players to come in right and then and then if they've proven themselves in, at one franchise, then ideally you wanna to try to recruit them or recruit the, the spine of that team into a different franchise. Well,
1: you already exactly. know they can execute, right? That's you right, really yeah. know they can execute.
3: Yeah, what I would say in execution, um, what I would say one thing is that, you know, the reality is, you know, you know what works at one company having done this at like, you know, three or four f- companies that have become success- successful, it isn't necessarily the same playbook, you know. That's going to work at a different company, but but what it really takes is the ability to what you said execute. Part of execution is 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 really able to adapt to a different environment, a different product, and 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 you know you know if if, you've, if you're approaching a problem and 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 then trying to figure out a different way to to make the jigsaw kind of kind of fit into place
1: exactly you, you uh you modify and adapt but the fundamentals that you have in place are those things that allow you to execute yes for sure love it i want to say thank you very much for being on the program today um what a, what a story to to be able to to ride that that roku ride um and and i thank you for sharing. are you not entertained Is this not why you are here exactly yeah. so thank you very much for for taking the time to be on the program ladies and gents just a reminder uh Lomet here has a a blog and a uh, a book that I want you guys to check out. Um, look, artificial intelligence is already here. It's already being implemented. Some of you don't even know it. You know, you're chatting on on DMs. You're you're hearing voicemails. You're having people call you, and you don't realize that that's not even a real person. And if you can take advantage of the AI that we're that that uh, can benefit your business and help you systematize things. Um, then you're going to fall back uh, far way behind because the cost of employing people is way too expensive. So you might as well take advantage of some of the AI. So check out uh, Lomit's uh, personal blog at uh, Lomenpatel.com and you can get his book, Lean AI, on Amazon. All right, Ooh. ladies and gents. Lomit, Wait, thank you- uh,
0: before, before you uh, sign off there, one more one more promo for yourself, if you will. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Uh, ladies and gents, in the month of June, I'm giving away a
1: free book as well. It's the power of podcasting. So if you have a podcast that you want to uh, get started on, grab the ebook, get started today. Everything from podcast development to promotion, launch visibility, and monetization, all for you. Get your free copy of the ebook, businessbros.biz slash free pop. It's only available for free in June. So get it sooner rather than later. Lomit, thank you very much for being on the program. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: Of
2: course. Ladies and gents, that's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business.